Thank you for coming to this class. I will have the chance and the opportunity to talk a bit about uh, emotional wounds and our notas and how these two things connect together. I'm a devotee, but uh, in my material life, so to say, in my everyday life, I work as a psychologist. And this is a very crucial topic for me to dive into the inner world, to see how our thoughts, behaviors, emotions, emotional wounds impact our devotional life and how they interconnect with uh, our spiritual journey and our journey as sadhakas. So in this uh, lecture, I will try to present some ideas which I found useful and I think that they could be of help to have uh, one more perspective about these uh, unwanted behaviors and things in ourselves, our misplaced values, as our acharyas say about the anarchists. And um, we will have a bit of um, an analysis how these emotional wounds connect to our anarchists. We all know and feel that our inner world is a very, very complex thing and our present personality, our material sense of self is constructed during lifetimes from time without beginning. And most of us carry uncountable wounds from also this lifetime, but from the previous lifetimes. And our character material identity consists of a mixture of these tendencies. And uh, they in a way imprison us in a labyrinth of obstacles in our spiritual journey. And uh, I will try to shed a bit light on how this uh, labyrinth can be, how we can go through it with a different approach to our anarchists. Because we know as sadhakas, uh, on the first stages on our devotional path, our main goal is to reach the stage of nishta. This uh, steady, enthusiastic devotional life, have a steady practice. But first, to go there, we need to go through what is known as the stage of unsteady practice. This and if we consider our material consciousness as a lake, then in these uh, initial stages, when you start to practice more, it is like a steering of these waters. And uh, we kind of disturb these ancient layers of mud and slip, and uh, everything starts to come up. And then some of this uh, anatta starts to show and we need to face them if we want to go through. And what does the word anarta mean? Uh, our contemporary acharyas give the definition of anarta in a very concrete way. Anarta says our misplaced values and useless habits. 
developing out of our misplaced values. So by nature, we as human beings, we assign value and give energy to the things as well as to the models of thinking and behavior. We cannot end this. We are always in this process of giving meaning, assigning meaning. Um, and in the context of uh, our material identity, um, we give this uh, value and meaning to material things, and this make our material identity bigger. There is nothing wrong with the assigning of value and meaning, but uh, it is uh, a way um, we need to see how exactly and at what we give value and give our energy to. And an artist can be gross, gross things such as uh, seeking material enjoyment, addictions to substances, addiction to power, to prestige, to possessions, or subtle ones such as misconceptions, offenses, criticism, prejudice, fear, anger, and fanatism. And um, to set a bit uh, also some Shastric uh, definitions, I will, I will say a bit about the uh, categories which um, Bhaktivinoda Thakur gives in his Bhajana Rahasya. He makes, uh, he divides them in four groups, our Narthas. First, illusion about spiritual knowledge, misconceptions of one's true self and the supreme, misconceptions of the goal of life and the means to attain it, misconceptions of uh, that which is uh, antithetical. Second, desire for illusory ends, material enjoyment, supernatural powers, and liberation from birth and death. We want and we desire things that are illusionary. Third, weakness of heart. In this sanatas, we attach to things unrelated to Krishna and his service like duplicity, envy, desire for name and fame. And the fourth are different kinds of offenses, apparatus, offenses against the holy name, offenses made during service and worship, offenses against the Vaishnavas, the holy diamond, to the other living beings and souls. And um, as sadhakas, it's normal, we want to get rid, uh, to rid ourselves of such wrongdoings. And this anathas could easily be considered as uh, our enemies. And um, if we take this approach, um, what we do with our enemies? We try to fight them or escape from them if we see them as more powerful. And uh, this is, these are the two main reactions of the stress responses conditioned by our body and nervous system. Fight and flight, this is the stress response. And when we try to fight our anarchists, we attack them with all the willpower that we have. Then we try to flee from them if we see that uh, our fight is unsuccessful. Um, and the flee response is kind of, again, still fighting with them, but in a passive way, uh, through ignoring, suppressing, and escaping. And it's uh, quite common common as a consequence of either fight or flight, 
to end up experiencing stress, exhaustion, burnout, anger, or this anger we can uh, put it uh, towards us, to point it towards us in this autoaggression, aggression, guilt, shame, lack of enthusiasm, apathy, or combination of these all. And um, what I would like to say with uh, this, if we have attempted to deal with our anarchists and haven't been successful up until now, but rather ended up with the aforementioned consequences, it could be beneficial for us to change our perspective of anarchists, of the anarchists themselves, and to um, kind of stop considering them as our enemies. This is also recommended by Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, we all know, when Krishna warns Arjuna that it is uh, disadvantageous to see anything in this world as an enemy. Such mindset is a sign of uh, our dualistic mentality and our material ego, which constantly divides our material mind, which divides everything in the world into mind and not mind, into good and bad. And if we have struggled and we see that uh, have this enemy perspective towards an artist or some kind of uh, unwanted behavior, model of thinking, feeling, behaving, maybe we could try and uh, be curious and with curiosity to try to implement this different approach and to see what will happen. Maybe we can gain some um, inner wisdom or some hint what to do, what, stake, what step to take that could be more beneficial. And a different approach to our anarchists um, also is given by our acharyas. And um, I have heard that um, our Guru Maharaj, Prime Maharaj, said that uh, we should put our anarchists on our, on our altar and worship them. And uh, sometimes this might sound a bit odd or um, a bit paradoxical, but uh, I perceive it as a way to approach them in a specific manner uh, to see that our anarchists could be quite uh, beneficial for us. And um, in a way that they sometimes represent this uh, fearful place in which we don't want to go or we feel shame, guilt, that this is still in our world, in our everyday life. And in a way, here I was reminded of this saying that the cave you fear entering holds the treasure you're seeking. And uh, the treasures that could be in our anarchists might be new insights, level of depth, surrender, sincerity, humility, kindness, compassion. Because uh, we will see, and I will try to uh, present this, that uh, in our anarchists, we have different, different, different layers beyond them. And, uh, but first, from this change of perspective, arises a totally different process of clearing our anarchists. Instead of fighting with them and trying to mentally wrestle, 
and dominate them into submission, we can develop a non-violent approach where we overcome our anarchists by accepting them as messengers and parts of ourselves that need our care. And um, in my own way, this last uh, six years that I've been also practicing as a psychologist and trying to be a sadhaka and try to live up to this high ideal, uh, I find it useful that uh, this non-violent approach really can give uh, some, that um, we can gain some benefit from it. And uh, if we try to look at this misbehaving and misplaced values as uh, messengers and parts of ourselves that need our care, um, we learn to see them as manifestations of the material nature in need of compassion. We realize that we shouldn't find the material energy, but show her respect as it is the energy of Krishna and use it in his service. Uh, and yeah, it's a very uh, hard sometimes and this fundamental knowledge is easily forgotten when we, when we see our struggles and when it comes to our own personal material nature, it's sometimes hard to have this compassion and to, to have this approach. But uh, how our anarchists can assist us? Um, our anarchists, rather than something needing to be hidden away, are like uh, beacons, like treadmills that uh, can lead us to places inside of us which have been hurt and uh, could be also still hurting. Uh, they can lead us to the stored trauma in our subtle and physical body created by our painful experiences in this material world. And beneath the anarchists are our emotions and feelings. If we continue to dig deeper, we find our needs and values, not only material ones, but spiritual needs and values as well. Anarchists are like a coping mechanism from a modern day psychological perspective, we can see them really like coping and defense mechanisms who have also a compensatory function. Uh, this means that they are not some error or whim, but an important part of our built-in safety or survival system. Um, that is why fighting them sometimes doesn't work. We need to take care, take care of our needs which may have been affected by trauma or negative experience leading to psycho-emotional wounds. And uh, why I say that uh, these needs that uh, can be discovered under our anarchists when we look deeper are not only material, but also spiritual needs because our needs like security, connection, positive self-esteem can be also the doors which motivate us to go deeper into our own process. And uh, as sadhakas wanting to have this surrender, sharanagati, uh, the 
the limbs of um, surrender give satisfaction and fulfillment to these basic uh, needs. The need for connection. We know that we are connected to Krishna, like we are this soul which is connected to the Supreme. We have our need for security also fulfilled. Krishna is our maintainer, our protector. And when we go down and see the anatas, then we go to the emotion and feelings and we process our emotions, we go to these needs and values and um, rediscovering them, reconnecting to the needs inside, we can then try to fulfill them, to satisfy them in a healthy for our devotional life manner, healthy way. And uh, why our emotional wounds and trauma is important. In the psychological literature, trauma is mainly defined as the response to a deeply distressing or disturbing event that overwhelms the individual's ability to cope, which causes feelings of helplessness, diminishes their sense of self and their ability to feel a full range of emotions and experiences. This is like the basic definition of trauma. And uh, despite that uh, traumatic events could be of a different kind, as a result from them, people go through five main inner experiences as a result from the different tra traumatic events that we could experience. These five inner experiences are rejection, abandonment, humiliation, betrayal, and injustice. All of which could be experienced independently or we could experience a combination of them. And uh, why I present these uh, five types of experiences? Uh, because in my uh, counseling practice, I mainly use these theories which are based on uh, body psychotherapy, schema therapy, which is a branch of cognitive behavioral therapy, and some other schools which mainly focus on, they define the traumatic experiences and the consequence of them, mainly in these five categories. And I have found them very, very useful also in the, in my personal practice and personal practice also as a counseling psychologist. And I see that at the end, it really it comes down to five of these inner traumatic emotional wounds, humiliation, injustice, betrayal, rejection, abandonment. And we will go deeper into them now. But first, why, why there is this connection emotional wounds and our anarthas, we saw that uh, traumatic experiences, emotional wounding can cause this uh, diminishing of self. And uh, we have seen in our practice for sure that we have the theoretical knowledge. We want to do 
the things correctly. Uh, we want to behave in a healthy for our sudden way, but something happens, something triggers us and we kind of shift identities. We go back again in this material conditioning and we can act out of a character, out of our sadaka ideal, like totally we go in some, we regress in a different stage of identity of identifications. And our wounds, emotional wounds, trauma experiences, they're like uh, deep some scars in which uh, our energy fl flows. It's like the bend of the river, this uh, deep, painful sanskaras from this lifetime, from previous lifetimes. And when something triggers this path, it's easily um, changing our way, our whole energy, mind, emotions, feelings, thoughts, everything goes in that direction. And we enter in this old identity. Like for example, I can be 30, 50 years old, but if some person disrespects me or kind of criticize me, I can regress back in my young boy identity and feel and think in that way and act in this way. And like all my bhakti aspirations and me wanting to be humble, it's totally shift and I'm like transported back, teleported in this identity with uh, the whole package. My behavior, thinking, feeling. That's why it's important to see these behaviors, these uh, inappropriate behaviors, wrongdoings, and see what kind of emotional background is there deeper and then go to this deep down emotional wound that maybe is the core of which at the end, everything comes up in this, uh, uh, in this way, presenting itself in this model of behaving, feeling and thinking, which is not appropriate for my practice. So um, we are like uh, a mind field of layers of material, material conditioning. And when something steps on this mind, we explode and we regress in this frozen in time material identities. And it's like uh, full blown in real time, it comes again. And uh, now I will go through the five main emotional wounds and to see what are they and what kind of anarthas can come from them. And um, in this way, my um, humble desire or intention is to give some ideas to reflect on and try to see, to understand better what we are doing, maybe some things with which we are struggling or to be able to see the struggle of others in a more compassionate way, not only that uh, 
this or that person is full of an artist, but uh, to be able to see beyond this and to see deeper and to try to connect with compassion to his emotional wounds, to see the emotional wound, which sparks in us a desire to connect and to respond in a more compassionate way. So uh, the first emotional wound, rejection. Rejection means to dismiss a person as inadequate, unacceptable, or faulty. And rejection is a very deep trauma because the one who suffers from it feels rejected in his very being and above all in his right to exist. It's like I'm denied, denied the, the possibility to live because I'm rejected. And when it's really uh, deep, this uh, wound, I can feel that I don't deserve I don't deserve to express, to live, because I'm kind of defective in a way. And uh, if people have such dominant trauma, they may be isolating themselves from others unconsciously to protect themselves from their rejection. Because if I think that uh, I'm inadequate, if I see that uh, I'm as a person wrong, like, uh, something is not okay with me, it's normal to uh, isolate, to don't uh, have the, the strength or the desire to show up. And uh, a person with uh, this emotional wound may subconsciously, deeply be convicted that, he's, uh, that he will be rejected because uh, he is flawed and not good enough. And uh, People with this uh, emotional wound, they feel there's something wrong with them and that they don't deserve to be loved. Deep down, they believe that people will hurt, criticize, or deprive them of attention, love, friendship. And this can result in a strong distrust of themselves and others. And this inner dynamic can lead to coping mechanisms in the form of dissociation, uh, dissociation from our experiences, feelings, body, mind, dissociate from the environment, withdrawal, this attitude that we want to withdraw, emotional unavailability, social isolation, mistrust, escapist mentality. And people with such a psycho-emotional wound are prone to conditions such as depressions. They can be more melancholic. They can have more feelings of uh, apathy, frustration, sometimes in the um, severe, severe types of this um, state. We can have paranoia. We, want, we could have also some impulses for self-harm, substance abuse, addictions of any kind. And uh, in our spiritual life, the deep wound of rejection can manifest as a difficulty in, in keeping close relationships with devotees, feeling fear that other devotees will see how uh, faulty we are, 
Uh, and we can project this fear of being rejection, rejected towards others, towards our spiritual master and uh, Krishna himself. And all of this can cause our hearts to close, to close, which could lead to seeking moksha rather than developing a loving service relationship. Um, even to the point of setting sights on Brahman rather than Bhagavan. Because uh, we have heard this, that some people, uh, they can be so frustrated with material experiences of relationships with human interaction that uh, they are frightened to um, project this ideal, <laughs> project this uh, situation, this circumstance to the idea of uh, the divine, because we are so fed up, so hard, hurt by these uh, relationships, and we want only to disconnect, not to connect again to some relationship, because we project our material experience. And that way, with this uh, wound of um, rejection, we can be more trying to dissociate and it could be hard for us to make this uh, loving relationships hard to um, to live on this platform of the heart and feelings but we are more on the mental platform because it's hard for us to trust to surrender to show sincere sincerely and openly to show ourselves and uh, also with this wound, we could we could uh, we could hide some aspects of ourselves uh, so completely that uh, it even becomes hard for ourselves for us to see and feel what is inside of ourselves. It can become become hard for us, and um, this dissociation and suppression can lead to super efficiency uh, to be more superficial in our practice and we could try to live up to an image of ourselves which is far from reality because with this dissociation and trying to cut also the ties emotional bonds we are not able to receive feedback we are not able to connect also with our needs so this is um, so these things are kind of the main unartists and uh, behaviors, feelings and thoughts that could be some impairment, some difficulty on, on our spiritual path when we have this emotional wound. The second wound is abandonment. And uh, abandonment is to live without intending to return. Uh, to be abandoned suggests that the person who was left may be helpless without protection. Um, we can imagine a child which is uh, abandoned by his parents. He's totally unprotected, totally helpless. And in our material life and material lives from before, for sure we had many, many such occasions in which we were abandoned and this trauma can manifest through loss of loss or separation from a caregiver or a 
loved one. And many people who have such a psycho-emotional wound have problems with um, autonomy, to be autonomous, to feel that they have strength. This feeling of uh, self-agency can be disrupted. And people with, a, with an abandonment wound feel helpless, insecure, vulnerable, hesitant. They are prone to codependency. They could have a strong fear of loneliness and failure. And um, in the severe forms of this wound, we can um, experience irrational fears or uh, fears of illness, of catastrophes, accidents. Um, it could be the basis uh, for my background in some uh, counseling. I can say that uh, if someone struggles with uh, panic disorder, panic attacks, anxiety attacks, mainly they have this uh, wound of, of, of abandonment. Just as a hint, if you have uh, some close to your person has some struggles with anxiety, mainly this is the deeper source of the anxiety. And also people with this uh, wound are most prone to victim mentality. They could uh, live their life from this victim position and think that what is happening to them is the fault of everyone else outside, either people, circumstances, faith, God himself, politicians, but never themselves. And uh, in spiritual life, which is the important part for us, the abandonment wound can manifest as blaming others for not supporting us enough, not caring enough. People can be easily hurt and offended that no one is taking care of uh, their needs when they have this wound. And uh, this can cause attention-seeking behaviors that can make the practice again superficial or can evoke feelings of resentment towards devotees and Bhakti herself. Uh, because we can feel that um, we are not given enough. And this uh, dynamic could lead to an art such as pointing out the faults of others, blaming, playing the role of a victim. It could be hard for um, such people to take proper responsibility for their, for their own process as they expect some authority to take care of them, um, but not in a surrendered way, but more um, in a codependent way. So this also here can be a crucial part of the dynamic, this codependent way of, uh, of acting and kind of also we can think that we have great surrender, but uh, to be only insecure and very codependent. So yeah, we continue with the third one, humiliation. And uh, what uh, is the definition of uh, humiliation? It is to reduce someone to a lower position in one's own or other's eyes to make someone ashamed or embarrassed. And uh, 
Mostly when people suffer from this trauma, they can develop tendencies such as approval seeking, people pleasing, subjugation, and self-sacrifice, which uh, could uh, sound uh, good, like self-sacrifice, but uh, in this case, it is motivated by shame, by guilt. And the child grows up with uh, the feeling that if he is not obedient and well-intentioned, he, he will not be loved. This is mainly the family dynamic. Uh, and uh, this he learns to suppress and ignore his feelings, emotions, and needs. In mature years, this trauma uh, can manifest in people um, mostly in a way that uh, they are still um, they still center their lives around ways to receive the approval of others. But uh, yeah, out of their desire to please others, they neglect their own needs and happiness. They could be always smiling, be very accommodating and ready to serve everyone as they feel this is their basic duty. Uh, but uh, since such self-repressing behavior causes uh, a counter-neglecting reaction in people, people with such tendency resent being ignored and feel that no one thinks or cares about them the way they do for others. For sure, maybe every one of us at some time in some relationship had this feeling that I'm giving so much, but they don't treat me the way I treat them. It's not reciprocal. It's reciprocal, yeah. And um, this uh, brings some frustration in us. Um, in our spiritual life and community, the humiliation wound can lead people to totally ignore their feelings and needs, which often leads to, to repressed anger. And this can further lead to outbursts of rage towards others or autoaggression and feelings of shame and guilt. And this inner dynamic can be an impetus uh, to, the, to do a lot of service or practice in a way to be accepted, appreciated, and approved. And on the surface, this can look like a person who is always ready to do anything and um, everything, but gradually, if this is motivated by the humiliation wound, it could lead to burnout or resentment. People in general in this wound are not conscious about their radical and sincere about their current needs because they want to be something else in order to deserve the affection and love of others. And uh, when we practice in this self-neglecting way, yeah, we could have some still material needs or uh, something that uh, we desire, but we try to neglect it because we feel guilt, shame, we, we need, we feel that we must self-sacrifice more. But if this is uh, not integrated, accommodated, sometimes if we take action from this wound inside, it can end up in burnout or really this uh, anger, anger towards ourselves, others, some frustration with the process, 
or this feeling of burnout that I'm totally out of resources, energy, in this feeling of apathy can come and we can go down to some domestic state. And uh, now we go to the fourth wound, betrayal. Betrayal is when someone you trust breaks the, that trust and by doing something that hurts you. This is uh, mostly the definition of betrayal. Breaking the trust by doing something that hurts us. And the most important concept related to betrayal is fidelity, the opposite of betrayal. Being faithful means keeping our commitments, being loyal and devoted. And uh, when a person suffers from this wound, mm, he can be very controlling, he can exhibit controlling behaviors, impulsivity, mistrust again, insufficient self-control, entitlement, violation of the boundaries, boundaries of others. And such people may feel very insecure and fragile on the inside, which promotes compensatory feelings such as grandiosity as the strong need to receive respect from others. Um, and in more severe cases, people are more materialistic and try to be more um, domineering, self-centered, controlling, seductive, manipulative, can be also very manipulative. Uh, in spiritual life, it is hard for such people to have good relationships with others because they're excessively preoccupied with their feelings and are not interested in the feelings and needs of others. They do not allow themselves to allow, allow themselves to open up, to reveal themselves, to connect deeply and authentically because they're afraid of their own weakness, vulnerability, and humanness. They tend to impose themselves, control others. And uh, with such a behavior, we can see how this also can impact uh, the community. And uh, when a person has such a wounding in the community, he can be very uh, authoritarian, if he is a leader, he can have these authoritarian tendencies. And the anarchists are mainly connected with pride, prestige, power, possessiveness. And also this makes the practice very superficial. Their main focus is to look good on the outside rather than being good internally. And uh, at the end they have uh, low self-control, which leads to problems with impulsivity and also discipline. Because with all these inner conflicts, these feelings of weakness, vulnerability, insecure, and also trying to control, to dominate, uh, we are very unstable. Our mind is is totally crazy, very impulsive, and it's hard to keep discipline. 
and uh, the fifth one is injustice. Mm, justice is defined as valuing, recognizing, or respecting the rights and merits of everyone. And uh, uh, some we can some synonyms of the word justice are right, impartiality, incorruptibility, and therefore a person who suffers from this wound is one who does not feel valued according to his true worth, who does not feel respected, or who does not feel that he is getting what he deserves. A person can also suffer from injustice when he feels that he receives more than he deserves. Mm. This is a specific emotional wound and uh, many people have it because we live in a very, on a material platform, unjust way and many people, it's not so equal. And we see that many people have uh, hurt some, they're hurting inside from this wound. And people who have this psycho-emotional wound can suffer from unhealthy perfectionism. They can be very with, with um, perfectionistic mentality. They can be very rigid to suffer from rigidity, to be not flexible. Mm. They do not receive genuine acceptance. They didn't. They did not receive genuine acceptance during their childhood, and uh, this is uh, impacting them. Mostly, they have received some. They have been corrected, disciplined, or punished. Punished. When a, a child is uh, not receiving this love, acceptance, unconditional support, but is being more chastised, corrected, this can evolve in a trauma of injustice. Because in a way, these people learn that in order to be worthy of love, they would have to demonstrate restraint perfection and strength because this is what was valued. They were corrected because they needed to be more, they needed to be more resilient. They needed to demonstrate some restraint and uh, they, they were denied the possibility to show weakness, to be vulnerable. And as a result of that, they have established strict rules and principles that they follow invariably and in their lives to the point of idealism and the development of over morality, which strongly condemns anyone who is not like them and does not live by the same rules. Such tendencies disrupt the flow of empathy deep acceptance and the ability to receive tenderness, care, warmth, mercy. Mm. 
when we have such dynamic or a person which, uh, with, a such, with such a dynamic, in spiritual life, people with this uh, dynamic can lack understanding and sensitivity towards the bigger picture. Their rigidity can evolve into fanatism and separatist mentality, only my guru, my guru, my philosophy, my God, my way. And people want to be perfect and to live up to their ideal at all costs. But this is not driven, this is not driven by real faith, but uh, rather um, from their perfectionism, from this wounding, not from genuine faith and trust. This perfectionism is motivated by the fear of the inner child, which is still there, still suffers this wound, still feels and believes that uh, I'm not perfect, I will be punished and I'm unworthy of mercy. And such tendency, uh, tendencies can lead to excessive stress, anxiety, burnout, apathy again, because it's totally stressful. We are always mobilized, always trying to push further. We don't want to keep any comfort zone in which we could recharge, in which we could uh, gain a bit resources to refresh. No, we, we must push, we need to, um, to, to stretch ourselves, but uh, in an unhealthy way, driven by this uh, unhealthy perfectionism. Um, and uh, people who have such wound in them, in their lives, they uh, can manifest an artist uh, to the struggle to accept differences, possessing uh, critical mentality. Yeah, they can have this struggle to accept that people can be different. It's very hard to accommodate different perspectives different ideas. And there is also this critical mentality towards the imperfect, those who are not as strict or disciplined as they themselves are. And for such people, it is hard to accept the unjust nature of mercy and continue to re rely more on the walls of karma rather than opening their hearts to trust. Because here yeah, we know that uh, mercy is unjust it comes on everyone and sometimes this can be a struggle for the ego we want still to to be this perfect perfect practitioners who who will gain the right to receive mercy this is like a battle of the ego who still wants to to reach this perfectionist ideal, but as you said, not from a genuine place of trust and surrender and faith, but more in a way of uh, yeah, trying to satisfy, to cure this wound of, injust of injustice in ourselves. And these were basically these five emotional wounds, which uh, 
as I said, in my psychological practice and the theories that uh, I find helpful and most accurate are explained. Uh, there can they can be there can be a mixture of the wounds. It's not like only one type. I can have the wound of betrayal and humiliation. Most of us have some of the wounds. Maybe we can have one which is severe, severe wounding, but mostly we have from, from them all, or at least two. And uh, the idea of sharing this was not to have like uh, new instruments to judge or to judge ourselves, or not also to have some rigid structure in which to try to adjust everything. Uh, but um, I wanted to give this perspective in a way to be more open and more compassionate towards our wrongdoings, not to the point to only to accept and to be passive, but if we have some struggle and we found out that this fighting mentality gives more strength to the behaviors, thoughts, feelings that we want to change because they're not beneficial from our, for our practice, we could be needing some different approach and dive deeper. As we said, we have an artist in the form of um, behaviors, thoughts, feelings, attitudes, which are not helpful, some attachments. We go deeper, we have feelings and some needs because every of this wound is uh, cured by connection, by surrender, by security, by feeling that we have worth. And this is given in our spiritual practice in the nature of loving relationships in the community, in the sadhu sangha we have. So every one of the wounds is connected to a need. And if we start to try to feed the need on the outside, the anatta will start to fade and it will be easier to overcome it because the fuel, the fuel inside, the thing that is uh, making it arise is this unsatisfied need. Something in us is hurting and it needs our compassion. If you go there and uh, do our inner work, processing of the emotions in a healthy way, accepting, nourishing our need. The anarchists, as we said, they, it's like a castle from cards, sand castle. When we attend to the fundament, the upper floors will like, uh, as a consequence, they will fall down. And if you have uh, some questions or some topics that came 
to your mind, some insight, something that uh, got to you, you can share now or you can write me later. I will be, I will be happy to hear from you. Mm. And, uh, next uh, month, I will be giving a second class. Then I will be focusing more how to process these uh, emotional wounds, to go deeper in them, and not only on the theoretical level, but some hints from the psychological perspective, how to try to uh, be more good situated and to calm down these needs be more able to give energy to our process, to our Bhakti project. Uh, so mostly this is was uh, this was the thing that I wanted to share with you. Thank you for being with me till the end. Sorry for my English. I haven't spoken from uh, a long time. Uh, and uh, why I talk about this topic, as I said, I'm working as a psychologist. The last four years, I have done like uh, 3000 sessions with people. I have the blessing to work with some devotees. I'm blessed to work with myself. And uh, this knowledge, this perspective is uh, very helpful in my psychological practice and trying to handle myself also. So that's why I thought that maybe it could be of interest. Thank you for, thank you for your attention. And uh, in Facebook or in the social uh, medias, you can find me, Daniel Troev. If you want to continue the conversation, if you have some thoughts and like this, thank you again. Hare Krishna, pronounce to everyone.